All right, welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. Oh, man, there's so many different uh, NFL stories to get to. Uh, we're going to have to kind of do kind of a scatter shooting thing here and try to hit as many of them as we can. If we don't get to all of them, I'll hit some of them in Rods around the day in the 5 o'clock uh, during the 5.30 uh, segment. Also, it is Top of the Charts Tuesday. That's when my man Patrick plays jams. I reached the top of the Billboard charts on this day in history, one of my favorite musically-themed days of the week. Also, we're off at 545, so we're here for a good time, but not a long time. Texas baseball coming up at 545, and they get to play them Aggies. Ooh, what a beautiful thing. And they're on a winning streak. Oh, yeah. Ooh. 14 straight. 14. Trying to make it 15 straight. Going up against an Aggie squad coming off uh, a difficult series versus what, Tennessee? Yes, it was. Mm, Tennessee. Wasn't pretty. It was not. Uh, but this will be the first test for Texas on the road in a long time. After yeah. I, how long is it? M- March 5th. They've been at home since been, March 5th. Yeah. They've been at home for a month, basically. <laughs> a yeah. month. So, yeah. and they get, and now, not only do they got to go on the road, they go on the road and probably <laughs> the, for, for them, because it's a robbery. Yeah. Arguably one of the three most hostile places that you could play if you're Texas. Exactly. In any sport. Exactly. You're going to Aggie Land. You're going to Aggie Land. <laughs> yeah. At least you're confident. And, they're, and they are going to be waiting for you. Oh, yeah. And, and, <laughs> and don't they have a winning streak going versus Texas baseball right now? Yeah. They've won like four straight. Uh, actually, our man CB sent it to us just a little while Was ago. It? Shout out to my man CB. He our, said, our, despite, uh, the Aggies, producer. D- despite the Aggie struggles of late, this is a huge game for Texas because they've lost four straight yeah, and that. seven out of ten. I didn't realize it's seven out of ten. Yeah. Okay. In, in, including being eliminated in Omaha to the Aggies. Yeah. So it is a big game yep. for the for them because it is their first big test yep. after starting off the season a little slow. They struggled a little bit, found their way, but they found their way in the friendly confines of UFCU in front of the fantastic Texas baseball fans, just re-energizing that group with a ton of support and infusing them with confidence. Now they're playing. Playing like a ranked team, which they are, uh, but last time they went on the road, it wasn't pretty. Nope. So we'll, we'll see. see what happens. Exactly. That's yeah, right. yeah, yeah. We'll see. All right. Uh, we'll talk a little bit more about that coming up. Also, we'll get back to the Rodney Terry uh, introductory press conference audio, and if we do have time, we'll squeeze in some Texas football spring uh, Texas spring football nuggets. If we don't, uh, then we'll just table that conversation. I promise we'll get that to you. But today's a short show, so we got to be judicious about yep. what we get to. All right. There's a ton of NFL stuff to get to. Let's start with the Cowboy stuff, and then we'll work our way from you know the local. Local stuff to the national stuff, and obviously national has more to do with Aaron Rodgers and Lamar Jackson. And yes, Meek Mill, the rapper, has made an appearance in the headlines about Lamar Jackson. And those headlines, but they get more and more bizarre, it seems, by the day. So we'll get to that coming up. But let's start with the Cowboys because I this story was a little surprising, but it shouldn't have been surprising. It was, but it shouldn't have been. So apparently, there is still hope. They keep it hope alive, as Jesse Jackson would say. Uh, the Cowboys apparently are still leaving the door open, cracked ever so slightly, that Ezekiel Elliott could return. Yeah. Yeah, um, buddy. It, this is what, uh, yeah, I actually was a little surprised by this, but Mike McCarthy told NFL media, we know we got the owners' meetings going on, all the NFL uh, head coaches are talking, and they got a lot of audio and a lot of uh, quotes coming out of those meetings. But Mike McCarthy said this about Ezekiel Elliott. I don't want to ever leave him hanging or fans hanging or anybody. Uh, He said, but I wouldn't take any possibility off the table. 
Um, and then they was asking if you know if Zeke was willing to take a, a pay cut, um, and if the Cowboys uh, you know, never offered him or something like that. Um, and Stephen Jones went on to say, "Sorry, that was Stephen Jones. I apologize. That was Stephen Jones, not Mike McCarthy." Uh, Stephen Jones' quote was, "I don't ever want to leave him hanging, or fans hanging, or anybody, um, but I wouldn't take any possibility off the table." So he left the door open uh, that they could still bring Zeke back in. And that was the story that we had initially when everything <laughs> was happening. I kept saying. They're not going to just let Zeke walk away scot-free. And what I mean by that is no other team. He may have some offers by other teams, and we've heard the same thing that's been happening. Mm. We're not looking. We're not looking. We're not looking. And it's like, okay. But then all of a sudden you hear, well, there's still that possibility of us bringing him in. And I think the possibility of them bringing him back is the fact of what they do in the draft. That's the biggest, I, I agree, the biggest factor. The factor is what they do in yeah. the draft. Because if nobody's going to pick him up and he's still around, he's still a cowboy. You know what I'm saying? And Emmett Smith has come out and was very upset with the way that they did, Zeke. But you know why? Because he got done that way. So he's still harboring those feelings of, man, I don't want to see Zeke in another uniform, just like I didn't want to be in that uh, Arizona, Arizona Cardinals, Cardinals uniform. uniform. Oh, that was ugly. Yeah, it was bad. That was bad. And it was probably one of his worst years that he ever had playing football. Mm, because he was, he was and, and he was miserable because he wasn't in Dallas. Mm, yeah, without that O-line. Without that O-line, yeah. 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 yeah Different image without that O-line. Ooh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> he looked geriatric out there oh, without that O-line. Uh, so, yeah, I'm with you. I, I think it is based on what the Cowboys do in the draft. And speaking of the draft, uh, I was looking at Pro Football Network, and they do a lot of mock drafts. I mean, it's mock season. I'm a bit of a mock slut. I'll look at anybody's mock. And they claim, at least one of their insiders claims, that they did an unofficial survey of the mock drafts on Pro Football Network the last week. And most of the mock drafts there have the Cowboys taking B. John Robinson. He's become very popular. Pick for the Cowboys at 26. Remember, the story was when he was up in Dallas that time and he was hanging out with Zeke, and little did they know, it was foreshadowing. Bye, Zeke. Hi, <laughs> Bijan. <laughs> uh, you know, and like I said, if he's there, I, I could see the Cowboys doing it. That would affect their uh, decision yes. to bring Zeke back, possibly. Exactly. But. I mean, the Cowboys are going to draft a running back in the draft, whether they end up drafting him in the first round or drafting that running back in the third, fourth round, fifth round even. We don't really know. They'll yeah. draft a running back in the draft, no question. Um, and I don't think they should bring Zeke back, just for the record. There's no point in it. They, this is all about it would be almost you know ceremonial in a sense to bring him back. Mm-hmm. For what? It's a waste of a roster spot. You can get a go draft Rojo then. Just draft Rojo as Please your draft as him. your Zeke replacement. Well, be that's cheaper. the other part. Yes, that's yeah. the part of the draft that I was talking about. If they don't get Bijan in that high pick, and you get to the second and third or third and fourth round, and Rojo's there, which I don't think he gets past the third. To be quite honest with you, Rojo. Yeah, I don't think Rojo gets past. A lot the of buzz third. about Rojo right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah, and his mentality, his leadership skills, the way he'll come in and work. And you're gonna, and you're basically getting him for cheap. You know what I'm saying? So you're gonna get a lot of production from him because that's who he is. That dude's not afraid to do special teams for you. So it goes back to your position where you're talking about, hey, get another roster spot. Well, you can use him in multiple phases. You can mm-hmm. use Rojo in multiple phases because that's who he is. So I'm looking at him. I don't think he gets past the third. And if the Cowboys are there in the third round and they're looking for that pick, they better jump on him. 
Uh, they could. Yeah, I mean, this running back draft is deep, though. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Kendra Miller. I mean, yeah. Bija, Rojo. You, be, you you tell us the numbers every day. There'll be so many good. There's so many good running backs coming out in this draft. I mean, it's just tons of them. Yeah. I mean, there really are. So the Cowboys will get them a quality back. But I'm with you. I I think you know. I think Rojo will perform. I, I'll say this right now. I do think the Cowboys might end up drafting a, a Longhorn. Yeah. I think which so, is shocking. Well, there's just so many that are ideal for them. Mm-hmm. I'm seeing all these um, articles over at Blogging the Boys. They do a really good job over there uh, just covering the Cowboys. Uh, they do a lot of articles, thought experiments, uh, hypothetical stuff. Um, and sometimes they you know, they got inside information that they, they use. Um, but they have written multiple articles where they're, they're listing Longhorns potentially as draft picks for the Cowboys. They were predicting Dan Quinn-type guys uh, at each position. And one of the guys they they predicted at linebacker who's a Dan Quinn type guy was Demarvin Overshaw. Love it, and he is. He is. He's perfect. And he he admitted that he met with, or at least he was asked who he met with, and he said the Cowboys were one of the teams that he met with, and that he loved the vision that Dan Quinn had for him, which makes perfect sense because Dan Quinn believes in positionless football, probably has the best positionless football defense in all of the NFL, and they actually do need linebacker depth, and they like mm-hmm. linebackers who add some versatility. Add He's job. a hybrid. He can run sideline to sideline. Um, I do think DeMarvin Oshon fits kind of the, uh, a Dan Quinn type guy because uh, he likes hybrid players. But then Rojo, we've talked about Inazim. Rojo would be a perfect Cowboy. We just talked about a lot of the mock drafts. Most of them have the Cowboys taking Bijan yep. in the first round. Hell, Keandre Coburn, they haven't. Matter of fact, this story is perfect <laughs> um, because uh, I was just talking about how uh, the Cowboys were working on signing a crucial piece. Well, that crucial piece was Jonathan Hankins. Yeah. They're working on re-signing him. They haven't done it yet. I don't know if this is going to be. I'm assuming it's going to be a short-term deal, so a one-year deal, maybe a two-year deal with an out after an opt-out after one year. Either way, I mean, Jonathan Hankins is crucial. The two most important pieces for the Cowboys' rush defense last season was uh, Jonathan Hankins and Leighton Vanderish. Hmm. And once that, and they, remember, they made that Jonathan Hankins deal because they need. What I always tell you, my theory. Every defense in the NFL needs a plunger, basically. You need every house needs a plunger, and usually you don't think about it until the fit hits the shan, literally, and then you realize that's the most important thing in this house right now. We need a damn plunger. Yep. That's what happens with that 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 uh double team taking, uh run stuffing, gap clogging, old school wide body defensive tackle <clears throat> like Jonathan Hankins. Remember the Eagles did it too? They realized, oh, they made all these moves in the offseason and somebody forgot about the damn plunger. They renovated the <laughs> damn house, had a beautiful rental. Renovated bathroom, had new towels and a brand new little uh, decorative soaps and everything, and they forgot about the damn plunger, and the toilet started overflowing. And then somebody went, y'all got a plunger? I was like, we don't have a plunger. You don't have a plunger? <laughs> well, this beautiful bathroom is about to look like ish. <laughs> it's going to be terrible. It's about to be terrible. It's about to stank like all oh, you know what around yeah. here. And they decided we got to go get Ndamukong Su. We got to go get Linville Joseph. Remember yep. they had, they had they had drafted Jordan Davis. They did, but he got hurt. Got it. Yep, and injuries, the, and that they lost their plunger. The fit hit the shan on them. Yep. Cowboys did the same thing, right? They realized, oh man, we built a really good defense. Our defense might be one of the best in the NFL, but they had one tragic flaw: they didn't have a plunger. Mm-hmm. They didn't have that one wide body D tackle that could take a double team and that could clog the hole. And they did. We got to go get Jonathan Hankins. They went and got Jonathan Hankins, and the defense was great.
Yep. They need that. They need to have that guy. Every defense in the NFL needs that piece. That's why Keandre Coburn. Some team may decide. You know what? I'm going to draft a Keandre Coburn. I'm going to draft me a plunger. I need a couple of them. I'm just going to have a couple of them. Uh, whenever we need them, we'll have that. Now you don't need it for every down because the NFL is too much for passing down to put that guy on the field for every down. But situationally, matchup wise, you definitely need that player. The Cowboys rushing yards allowed with Jonathan Hankins three point six. Without Jonathan Hankins, four point five. Big difference. Yeah. Huge difference. Big huge, difference. Huge, huge. Yeah. <laughs> it was huge. Uh, yeah. So I, I hope they do. They get that done. But if not, like I said, guys like Kendrick Coburn or Amora Ojimo fits it too. Yeah. Because he's a versatile uh, player that can play inside, can play outside. We know Dan Quinn loves positionless players. So is that either one of those players we just mentioned? All of them are draftable uh, prospects coming out of Texas. I think the Cowboys could use any of them. I think this might be one of those years where you see a Longhorn become a Cowboy. It's rare. It is so rare. Like yeah. every every cowboy, what was it? Jeff Swain uh, yeah, was right. the one that was drafted right. by them. Mm-hmm. And then you also look at Connor Williams. He was drafted by the Cowboys. That's true. Malik Jefferson is on the practice squad, but he wasn't drafted by the Famously Cowboys. Famously traded for Roy Williams. Yep. Traded for yeah. Roy Big Williams. Big trade for Roy Williams. Leonard Davis. Big Lynn. Yep. Big yeah. Leonard Davis Leonard came Davis. there. Yes, yeah. you're right. It's not many, but it's it, But they're it not drafted. They're not drafted. They're not drafted. They could come and play for us, but we're not drafting you, which is crazy because y'all are so similar. But remember, I think <laughs> now, that's a good point. Maybe they just didn't like the types of players that were coming yep, out of yep. the culture here at Texas back at in the that day. Time, yep. But now there's a new culture here at Texas. Yep. Um, Dan Quinn has been here on the 40 acres, right? He was yep. the one that uh, came to the coaches' convention to, to speak. Yep. Right? Was yep. that a couple of years ago before mm-hmm. uh, Shano? So he's been here, and there could be some, maybe, you know, not, some interest yep. now from the Cowboys just because Dan Quinn's bringing in a new. Type a new type of evaluation with the Cowboys. It wasn't Sark on his staff at one point. Sark was on his staff. Yeah, good point. That's yep. even even uh, yeah. a more direct tie. Yeah, uh, no question about it. So I I, I think it, it's, this year could be the year. I don't think I don't I don't say that. I don't think I've ever said that. Actually, you have not. That the Cowboys are gonna end as up long as I've known one. you. No, no, I have not <laughs> said that. And I, so I, I do think this year could be the year. Uh, anyway, all right, let's get to some other stories here because man, there are a ton of NFL news, notes, and nuggets to get to. Um, okay, let's talk about the, the Lamar Jackson thing. Then we'll get to the Aaron Rodgers stuff, too, because there's an Aaron Rodgers update we got to get to. But the latest <laughs> Lamar Jackson update. Um, so first of all, even after his trade request uh, earlier this week, no team still has been reported to have genuine interest in Lamar Jackson. We have not yet heard that. That has not been reported by anybody so that in itself still probably one of the most bizarre parts of this Lamar Jackson story. But, like I said, we seem to get stranger and weirder with this Lamar Jackson story every, <laughs> every report. <laughs> this one is the strangest. So according to Albert Breer, Meek Mill, the rapper, who is close with Robert Kraft, the owner of the Patriots. I think he got him out. I think he, he has, tried to get him out of jail. He, he, he did advocate for him to get out of prison. Um, he has several stories about Meek Mill riding in the in the private jet with Robert Kraft. So they've been friends for a really long time, actually. I mean, genuinely close. All right, and so I guess Meek Mill texting with his friend, <laughs> with his dog. All right, Robert Kraft. Um, <laughs> Albert Breer's reporting this that Robert Kraft told reporters. I'll just read the 
the tweet verbatim, so I'll get myself in trouble. Patriots owner Robert Kraft said Meek Mill texted him three or four days ago saying Lamar Jackson wanted to come to New England. Kraft responded, that would be Bill Belichick's decision. What the hell is going on in this Lamar Jackson story now? Now we got Meek Mill. He's working the back channeling for <laughs> Lamar Jackson. First it was Ken Francis who was calling yeah. out of nowhere. Ken! Yeah, no, seriously, think about this. Think about the this, this, this the layout, the <laughs> chapters of this Lamar Jackson story, and you really have to believe, like I said, they're, they're becoming more and more bizarre. The NFL's got to love this, by the way. This is... My uh, E. Hogan always brings up the quarterback days of our lives. Man, this quarterback uh, drama right now is at an all-time high. It really is the NBAification of the NFL. You said it. I mean, we talked about Tom Brady trying to become the Jackie Moon of the Miami Dolphins uh, last offseason for a while. Aaron Rodgers this offseason coming out of the darkness retreat to decide whether he wants to play football or not. Listen to the Lamar Jackson updates we've got in just, I don't know, this is probably in the last three, four months. Acting as his own agent, which is rare. There's 17 mm-hmm. players in the NFL. I did the research. 17 out of the 2,000-something players that act as their own agent. Only 17. He is easily the most high-profile of those people. Everybody else is kind of, you know, they're not Jackson jabronis, but, you know, these, they're not as big-time as Lamar Jackson. Thank so, you. So we all thought that was a little strange. Like, That's kind of weird, but you know what? Eh, to each his own. Lamar Jackson doing his thing. And then... Remember the reports about whether he wanted a fully guaranteed deal? They were, they were so random and chaotic that even ESPN, ESPN, all right, the, the worldwide leader in sports, they contradicted themselves Thank you. multiple times. The, their, their own network contradicted themselves multiple times about whether he actually wanted a guaranteed deal or not. First, they initially said he did want it. was Adam Schefter and Chris Mortensen said he wanted a fully guaranteed deal. And then Stephen A. Smith came out and said, hey, my sources say he doesn't want a fully guaranteed deal. And then they had another source that came out later on after that that said, yes, it was uh, Jameson Hensley. He does want a fully guaranteed deal. Even the worldwide leader in sports couldn't follow this thing without getting their head all turned around. And then... We got the report that Lamar Jackson was teasing and hiring a production company because he did want to do an in-depth interview, a true in-depth interview, and put himself on the hot seat. Yes, an interview with himself. Looking Lamar in Jackson, the mirror. Interviewing Lamar Jackson. No, that's real. That is not a fake headline. That is not some Onion story. That's real. He was going to interview himself. Mm-hmm. That's how crazy it got. And then we heard the story about the non-certified rep. Ken Francis. The non-certified rep who had been reaching out to teams on behalf of Lamar Jackson. No, right now, we don't know it's Ken Francis at that time. That's another bizarre headline. Then it comes out later on that it's indeed Ken Francis. What does it sound like, Patrick? The... Uh, is that Ken Francis? <laughs> <laughs> Remember, and Tom Pellicero describes it as such. Ken Francis is a Florida man who most recently was pitching home fitness invention, I'm told. He is now trying to negotiate a nine-figure contract with NFL teams who are being told they're not allowed to negotiate with him because he's not a certified NFL agent. And then we had Lamar Jackson dispute that report himself saying, stop lying, that man never tried to negotiate for me. Ken Francis says he also did not make those calls. That wasn't me says Ken Francis. He said that in also a report that he was not the guy making the calls. So now there's some other mysterious person making these calls on behalf of Lamar Jackson, and we have no idea who it is. All right? Those are all recent developments in this story. And probably the most bizarre of all those recent developments is that 
a 26-year-old MVP quarter caliber quarterback in his prime decide to make himself, all right, to make himself readily available for two first-round picks. Matter of fact, they put a non-exclusive franchise tag on him. Two first-round picks and crickets. Matter of fact, there are more NFL teams came out to say we don't want him rather than any to come out and say they're actually interested in him. This is ridiculous. Crazy. We never like, what the hell is going on? And now this has to be among the most bizarre of these stories so far is that Meek Mill, the rapper, yes, the rapper, one of the BFFs of Robert Kraft, the owner of the Patriots, has said now Lamar Jackson would love to be a New England Patriot. Come on. Well, the thing that really drives me nuts <laughs> with this entire story is all these teams that have been looking for our quarterbacks don't want to talk to Lamar Jackson for what he's been able to do in his career. Bill Belichick said he was probably one of the worst uh, game planning people to go against because they didn't. You didn't know what to, how to train against him. Tough, you didn't yeah. know. You couldn't get the speed of the game against him. Here's the other part of it. You're going to tell me that Sam Howell and Desmond Ritter are better quarterbacks than than uh, Lamar Jackson? It is utterly ridiculous when teams say we don't want to negotiate with Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson, to your point, has even said, I'm not looking for a Philly guaranteed contract like that. I don't need those numbers anymore. I want out now. Because these people have disrespected me to the point now that there is no return. That's the biggest thing for me. And for a team like Atlanta and a team like Washington to say, I'm going to roll with Sam Howell and Desmond Ritter. Sam Howell. I'm cool with it. Mm-hmm. What? Yeah. Are you kidding me? No. You are lying through your face right now <laughs> because you obviously don't want to try to win. It just makes no sense at all that people are actually having this conversation. Yeah, actually, to Harge's point, Atlanta came out to reiterate. Remember, they initially were one of the teams that said they had no interest in Lamar Jackson when the non-exclusive franchise tag was placed on them. They have now come out and reiterated that. Arthur Smith saying Desmond Ritter is a Falcons starting quarterback of the future. Uh, Detroit, uh, Dan Campbell was asked about uh, any pursuit of Lamar Jackson and says uh, we have our quarterback. Uh, Washington's GM, Martin Mayhew, who actually was on the front office when I was with the Detroit Lions, so he's a great guy, uh, but making a bad move here in my opinion uh, he says that they are out on Lamar Jackson as well oh my gosh uh, yeah and I, I think it's a lot like Martin Mayhew but I think he's making a dang coaching mistake because they like I still don't understand how the the option of them having Sam Howell is better than the Lamar Jackson option but I guess he says it is but anyway and now Joe Douglas uh, the J-E-T-S Jets 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 uh, their GM he is the latest to say that also the Jets or basically he is saying that it would be almost a conflict for them to pursue both Aaron Rodgers and Lamar Jackson yeah, and almost claiming that it would be unethical for them to pursue both. I think it's, I just think it's responsible. I think it'd be, Thank I you. think it's, it's a, uh, I don't know, front office malpractice essentially for you to just put all your eggs in the basket of Aaron Rodgers. We'll give you an update on that soon, but that's and I'm nothing against Aaron Rodgers. He's great, but you need a contingency plan in case he decides. You know yeah. what? Screw all this. I want to go chill out and smoke weed, ayahuasca in Hollywood with some starlets and kick it. And he could easily do that. Yeah, He's he thought about it every offseason for the last five offseasons. Yeah. And I don't blame him, by the yeah, way. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's not necessarily the attitude you want for a guy you're going all in on. 
Right. I'd rather go all in on a guy like Mark Jackson who's like, I got to prove to the world. Thank you. That I am as good as I as, as as really everybody thought I was when I won the MVP. That I'm better than that. Hello. That I'm a championship Super Bowl caliber quarterback. That's the craziest part about it, man. It's just like, what are, what are we looking at? Like, what is going on that teams are not even entertaining the conversation nope. about Lamar Jackson? That, to me, just tells you everything you need to know about this league. The Colts are. The, the, okay. Chris, Chris, Chris Ballard, the GM, At least said, he's the one that— he's, He is, said, a great player like Lamar Jackson, anytime there's a great player available, we will do our, our research and our due diligence. He said it. that we'll do that for every great player, and Lamar Jackson is one of those. So, And there's reports— there are reports from Sports Illustrated that the Colts have been in town in Baltimore. Yeah. That their execs have been there in okay. Baltimore. And there are a lot of people that believe if anybody's going to make a move, that it will be the Colts. And by the way, Jim Irsay, just talking about the Colts just real quick before we get to Harsh Knock Life. Um, Jim Irsay say money ain't a thing. Right. Jim Irsay. And remember, Jim Irsay has had the highest paid player in the NFL twice. <laughs> he had it with Peyton Manning, and he also had it with Andrew Luck. He's had it twice. And here's the, uh, the Stephen Holder report. He covers the Colts uh, regarding Lamar Jackson. Um, he says Jim Mersey was emphatic. The money is not a problem. Right. But instead took issue with the draft capital slash compensation. Which everybody would. I could understand that so, part of it, but that don't mean you got to go out there and publicly say, I'm not even looking at them. So the, I could understand if you're saying, I don't want to give up that kind of pick because of that. Okay, I get that. Then say that. Like those people that you just mentioned. I understand that. And then it'll change the entire conversation of it all. But don't say, um, we're not even looking at them. Yeah, that's irresponsible. That's very irresponsible. I'd fire my GM. Like, you ain't looking at them. That's like, your job. That is, that, you're supposed <laughs> you're to supposed look to, at every and, player yeah. that you think can help <laughs> us win. And then come to me as, a, as, a, as, the, as the owner and go, all right, you know, this is why he's not worth it exactly. for us. Exactly. Like, okay, good all job. Right, then we job. can do yeah. that. But don't publicly go out there and say, nah, we good. What, unless you've already decided behind the scenes that you are not interested in that. Still put the conversation out there because then everybody starts looking another way because you're creating news cycle. Well, my point is unless they were colluding. Uh, they definitely <laughs> I'm not putting yeah, that past yeah. you. Uh, all right, what you got coming up in Hard Stock Life? Well, baseball season is upon us. We're going to have Chipper Jones on tomorrow, but I wanted to talk about some of the awards that we went through last year and who I think can double it up coming up this year. All right, we'll get into that coming up. Hard Stock Life, you don't want to miss it. Right here on Ball Don't Lie on 104 Horn. Ladies and gentlemen, guys and dolls, the main event of the evening for your entertainment and pleasure. Mike, you have to be so combative. Yeah, I probably wouldn't say this in front of white folks, but in front of y'all, I'm gonna speak my mind. He has emotional anger issue problems. Hey, are you Dirty Mike and the boys? I'm Mike Lowry. Michael? Oh, that's funny. Michael? Welcome back to a Top of the Charts Tuesday edition of Ball Don't Lie. It's your boy, Hardball Hard. You can follow me on Twitter at Hardball Hard. You can follow my man, Rob Babers, at Rob Babers. And, of course, he's back, our man, Patrick Davis. And you can follow him at It's Patrick Davis. We also love it when you're a part of the show. Hit us up on the Specs text line, 512-337-3776. It is hilarious. Uh, the folks that have been hitting us up on the Specs text line. Hey, if you're gonna if you're gonna be laughing at me talking about the blue chew, you make sure you get you some of that thing, <laughs> and let's see who has the last laugh. If you know what I'm talking about, uh, I want to talk a little bit about baseball because opening day is right around the corner, and also you need to get out to the Round Rock Express this Friday. They open up uh, the series and the season Friday night, so get out there. Fireworks and everything's gonna be involved. But here's something that I wanted to talk about. Originally, I was gonna. Bring 
break down all the MLB awards from last year. And since we're going to have Chipper Jones on tomorrow, I'm going to save that. Because we had a conversation earlier this year about billionaires and how uh, Major League Baseball doesn't have a billionaire yet because we've seen other sports. We've seen hip-hop artists become billionaires because of some deals that they did away from just the music, but they got involved with other things. And I wanted to bring this up because Forbes had this story, that this article that came out just, uh, what was it, yesterday, I believe it was, and it was talking about the highest paid players in the game and where they're making their money, whether it's on the field or off the field. Because we've all talked about the marketability. It's baseball. You get to see baseball players more than you get to see football players because they play every single day. So you get a chance to see them on your TV. You get a chance to see possible commercials and different things to to enhance who they are, right? So it came out. I'm going to go from the bottom to the top, and I want you to – I want to tell you – who the top 10 players are as far as financial and what they make on the field and what they make off the field. Uh, Nolan Ariando, the third baseman, he comes in at number 10. He's the third baseman for the St. Louis Cardinals. He makes $35 million on the field, and he makes $200,000 off the field. Okay, but – his on-field kind of puts him at number 10 for the single season. This is strictly for 2023. This is not anything else that's involved with it. This is strictly 2023. Okay. He comes in at number 10. Believe it or not, at number 9, a Texas Ranger player comes in. We've been talking about the high dollars that they spend on their middle infield, and one of the middle infielders, Corey uh, Seager, makes $35 million on the field. Mm. And off the field, he's making a million dollars. So he's making some money off of his endorsements and some different things that are involved in it. Number eight, $37 million, Carlos Correa with the mm. Minnesota Twins. You like that, baby. I know that's right. He finally got his money. Finally got his while. money. He went to five around. different teams Man, before he finally got. And what did he do? Ended right back where he started he fired, at. You know what I'm saying? I guess that, maybe that was the plan all along. <laughs> maybe that was the plan. So he makes $36 million okay. on the field and this eight? year. He's number eight? He's number eight. Okay. $36 million on the field, and he makes a million off of the field. So and some okay. of that is part of Nike uh, following his time signing with Nike, following his time with Adidas. So now he's a Nike okay. athlete, so he's making that money. Number seven, $36.5 million is uh, Garrett Cole, former Astro as well, Rob. Right? Okay. $36 million on the field and 500000 off the field. Okay, so they just combine the two. They're so combining He makes the two. less money off the field, though, yes. than the previous, uh, than nine and eight. Yes. Because they were making a million dollars. They were making the a million okay. off the field. Right. Yeah. So here's the other one. Anthony Rendon, remember we talked about him when he ended up going from the Washington Nationals to the uh, Los Angeles Angels, Anaheim Angels at Los Angeles. We were wondering Mm -hmm. how he was going to be. He's making $38 million on the field. Nice. This season, $38 million, and he's only making $200,000 off the field. That's crazy. That is crazy. When you think about it, the endorsements. But we're trying to figure out what can we do to get these guys involved. Mike Trout, 35 point. $5 $5 million on the field, $4 million off the field. And okay. he has long-term deals with Nike and Body Armor. And he's also been announced that he is partnering with Tiger Woods to bring a golf course 
to his hometown in New Jersey. All right. So he's working with Tiger trying to do that. Yeah. No, that makes it so. $4 million, So that's the highest number so far, so far. off the field. Stuff. Off the field. Wait till you get to number one, brother. Uh, your boy, Justin Verlander, he's making $44.3 million total. Yeah, he's not a, number not four. ex-Astros out there. Exactly. They all, they all went to the they went to the market, right? They went. Yeah, they won this World Series and they went to the market. Good so point. now he's making 43, he makes $43.3 million on the field and he's making $1 million off the field. Okay. So now he's trying to figure out, okay, what can I do? I'm doing all this other stuff. Let me make some more money. Aaron Judge, Mr. New York, uh, New York Yankee, he's going to make $40 million this year on the field. He's going to make $4.5 million off the field this year. That's the most so far. The Makes so sense, far. the Yankees. Yep. And again, he's a Jordan guy too. Yeah. He's a Jordan guy. So he's got his Jordan brand that he's making all that money with. Jump man, jump man, jump man. Let's get that money. Matt, Max Scherzer. Check out his number. He's making $59.3 million. 58.3 this season. This season on the field. That's crazy. He's making $1 million off the field. Damn. And he's also he, he 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 deferred some of his payments as well, but he's got a chance to make a ton of money. Mm. But this year, Scherzer has they say Scherzer has 75 million more money deferred money that is coming in through 2028. So he's getting deferred money. But this is the number one overall highest paid player in the game for the 2023 season. He's going to make $65 million this season in 2023. He's going to make $30 million on the field. He's going to make $35 million off the field. Damn. Shohei Otani. Ooh. Shohei Otani has now become the highest paid player in baseball this season. He's got an NBA, he, he's got an NBA signature shoe, basically. He's got it with mm-hmm. new balance. And those numbers are going to continue, continue to soar. Oh, yeah. So like we saw the World Baseball him. Classic. Exactly. Out of all those star players, there's an argument that he had more star power internationally. Than exactly. All of them. And it and it and it happened even more so because of the biggest stage that he was on. Yeah. And he came through. At the biggest time. He doubled his Instagram yeah. followers uh, during the World Baseball Classic. Now has more Instagram followers than any player in Major League Baseball history. Yes. And that didn't take him long. This is a guy that hasn't even really been able to kind of perf- you know, perfect his, his English. Not and, at all. And, you know, as he obviously is, is more exposed uh, to the to the culture and having more marketing opportunities, man, once they get past that little, yes. you know, impediment, oh, man, he's got to be a beast. And, and it's so good for the game. Though. They need a player like they that. They definitely who need is a recognizable. Yes, everybody knows Everybody him. knows who he is. His exactly. name is recognizable. His talent is extraordinary and undeniable. But also, man, Shohei Otani, you know who he is. Yep, exactly. And you know who the second highest paid mm. player off the field endorsements was last year, and it was Bryce Harper. And he was getting $6.5 million off the field. And now the second highest player off the field is Aaron Judge with $4.5 million that he's making. Now, all those numbers come in before you have to pay all your taxes and you have to pay your agent fees and everything else that goes involved with it. But those numbers are definitely something that you're looking at and saying, wow. He's got, and this just so y'all can understand exactly what Shohei's about, he's got 13 partnerships. In Japan, um, pharmaceutical company, 
He's got the watch company, Seiko. He's got Boss, Hugo mm, Boss. There you go. He's got Fanatics. He's got Tops. And he has continued that 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 uh, line of New Balance shoes that he has as well. So he is definitely mm-hmm. somebody that is marketable and has now become the face of Major League Baseball. Uh, yeah, and he's young. Yeah, he's I definitely mean, young. if he can just you know obviously continue to play at an elite level, twenty eight years old. Yeah, for the next know, five six. Well, years. Well, some of these guys are getting ten year contracts that they're they're thirty years old already. So Shohei is going to be in the mix, and not, like we talked about before, I know a lot of people don't understand that, but he is the modern day Babe Ruth. Mm-hmm. He's the must see. You know how RT said we are the show. He is the show. He's must watch television. He is definitely He's most bringing watched in a uh, different a different generation of baseball fans now. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I, I think it's great for the game. And I'll I'll say I don't know if he's thinking about leaving the Angels, but man, it'd be good for baseball if he did. No doubt. He didn't need him playing in the playoffs. In the yeah, po- this is do. all without him being a postseason presence they, at all. Yeah, imagine if he played in the oh postseason. My imagine if they, they get to the World they Series. They were a championship contender. Yes. How much money he'd be yes. worth, or the value because most of novice brand only would be. watch it at the when it's the World Series. Mm. Everybody always says, "I don't really watch baseball until the playoffs start." My hands well, up. by that time, Shohei's not there. Yeah, Yo, you know what I'm saying. Missing out on the it. show, exactly. Yeah, yeah. No, I I think that uh, he should. I think he should he should consider leaving yeah. the Angels. I don't know how loyal he is to him, but. When is he a free agent next season, right? Yeah, yeah he's ready to move. It, it's it's time. In yeah. Major League Baseball, Unless you're going to make him Disney. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, but they need him. And I don't know what's going on. Like I said, that's one of the biggest He'll unsolved. End up in New York. One of the biggest unsolved mysteries in sports is how can the Angels have the two best baseball players on the planet, arguably, and be so bad? Exactly. How is that possible? Because you need 9, 10, 11, 12, 13 of them. Yeah, but just, you got the two best on the planet, potentially. It should be easier. He to- pitches one day. You get him. You only get him on the mound one nah, day, that's, uh, and you get five at bats. They should be ashamed of themselves. Yeah, they get ten at bats a, a day between the two of them. The Angels should be ashamed of they themselves definitely, as an organization. Yeah, I agree. Shame. I agree. I wish I had that bail to had <laughs> Game of Thrones. Shame. Shame, Shame on him. Shame. Shame on Shame. him. Uh, all right. Good hearts, knock life. There. Yeah. I mean, now uh, we talking about who's going to be the first billionaire uh, former player from baseball. Hell, Derek Jeter. Yep. You heard they're, they're on that list somewhere. Yeah, Derek Jeter's not on that list, but he's probably the one I would add to there. But it's probably going to start with that. Derek Jeter and maybe A Rod. A Rod was the one that I was. But A Rod is so unpopular now. I know yeah. he's recognizable, but mm, a lot of people want their brands associated with A Rod. Not if you do Derek Jeter. So I don't know how close he is to it. But Shohei, man. If Shohei stays on the pace he is, he's going to get paid in, what, $70 million or whatever he is going to get uh, yeah. once he's a free agent. Yeah, maybe he'll be well on his way, too. It is interesting that all that guarantee. The reason that the NBA and Major League Baseball players produce billionaires, they get so much guaranteed money to start sure. off. The NFL is so far away from it. Tom Brady may be closing in on it somewhere before the crypto crash. Probably yeah. hurt his overall wealth, mm-hmm. and the divorce probably hurt his overall wealth. Ooh. So it's tough for football players. I don't know when a football player is going to get close to getting there. But you know, basketball's already got their billionaire yep. player, uh, multiple actually got, yeah, got LeBron and MJ. And I think KD's on his way. KD might be on his way. Yeah. Uh, baseball should have been there. Baseball's old money. 
This all should have been there already. They should have been had some guy become a billionaire as a former baseball player. Yeah. Um, so that's a little, but it goes back to their issues with marketability and with them being able to market and commercialize their superstars. They didn't yep. do a good job of it. Right. That's, a, that's a league thing. That's a league problem. No it's doubt. a league problem. It's a team problem. And it's an individual player problem. Look at Mike Trout. There it is. It's like, dude, you don't yeah. want the responsibility of being the guy? He is him? You he, don't want to be him? He like, nah, I want to be. You don't want to be him? I want to be mixing in with the crowd. You like, he is I who? I want to be able to go out and eat. Yeah, he want to be he is who? Yeah. No, he is him. <laughs> Not he is who, Mike Trout. No, no. He is you, Mike Trout. Network of uh, A-Rod right now uh, from my last update, $350 million. That's yeah. Well, he's a little ways away yeah. from it then. But isn't he buying into the, he's the buying Timberwolves? In, he's buying in. Yeah, he is part of the T Wolves ownership. So I know oh, they just he, made another huge payment today. That yeah. helps him. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, the team ownership helps because it's like a little mini ATMs. Yeah, it is. No <laughs> doubt. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we come back. We got it off the record on the other side, right here on Ball Don't Lie. I want to put another horn. DD Mega Doo Doo. I'm sorry, Mangudu. Once it's turned on, the sign will spell out Delhi Cat Essen. Well, well, I don't get a brain in comb. Well, congratulations. Continue good sex in, the, good sex in the Big East. Thank you, Jimmy. And boom goes the dynamite. It's time for another edition of Off the Record. Do it live. I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live. And thing sucks. All right, welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. Time for another edition of Off the Record. All right, gentlemen, uh, 26-year-old Alexandra Davis, uh, the alleged love child of one Jerry Jones, uh, filed a federal defamation suit against the owner, Jerry Jones, uh, on Monday, alleging the, uh, basically that Jerry Jones, um, cowboy spokesman, and other people alleged that three men initiated deliberate, a deliberate plan to portray the billionaire's owner, own daughter as an extortionist and uh, a shakedown artist. Um, Alexandra Davis, who a congressional aide, sought recognition as Jones's daughter in a lawsuit filed last year that indicated Jones paid her $375,000 to set up two trusts to conceal that he was her biological father. The new lawsuit states that in the weeks after Davis's March 22, 2022 filing, uh, Jones and his representatives waged a public campaign attacking her character based knowingly on false statements and accusations. Davis's latest lawsuit filed in Texarkana, Texas. Uh, federal court names three defendants, Jones, his longtime Arkansas lawyer and friend, Donald T. Jack Jr., and Jones's outside communications consultant, Jim Wilkes, w- Wilkinson. Uh, Davis is seeking an unspecified amount of money in punitive damages. There you go. Boom. So Man. he's being sued by her again. Remember, she initially sued him because she wanted acknowledgement and then I think wanted some type of uh, financial compensation for him hiding the fact that he was her father. And remember, Jerry Jones has been paying money. Uh, Jerry Jones claims they've paid uh, upwards of three million dollars to Alexandra Davis's mother over the years to support the family financially or to take care of his responsibilities as the father. Um, So they're they're acknowledging essentially that he. At least is responsible in somewhat for her, but now she wants um, further compensation. Now that she's eighteen, she's like, I didn't sign that doc. My mama signed that document. My mama made her own decisions. I am not my mama. I'm my mama's daughter. That's so right. you need to sign a deal with me, Jerry. 
And Jerry's over there saying, I'm that baby pappy. <laughs> I'm the pappy. He, he got, I, I think he's not any, denying it. No denial at all yeah. that he is the father. But I think the um, the conundrum here is when does the, um, I don't know, when does the responsibility, the obligation to financially support her run out? Yeah. She's 26 now. Well, I don't think it's more of the financial obligation. I think what's ended up happening is the recognition, and she wants to be able to come to the family dinner. She wants to be invited to the cookout. She you trying think to that's figure, what it is? Yeah, she's trying to figure out, she, why are you going to keep me in the closet? As you said, my mama signed them. I want my daddy's records. I want to be back over there. <laughs> <laughs> Blind Mella Jelly. How do you think his wife feels about her trying to get to the family reunion well, and hang out? He already knows. I know she already knows, but she don't want her to be confronted with it at her family get-togethers with, her, with Jerry Jones's infidelity. She's like, no, Jerry, take care of that. Pay them people their money, all right? But Fair. don't bring her around here in my family. This For is real. my family. Yeah. That's how women think. Oh. I'm not saying that's how, I feel. That's, how, that's, how that's how women would sell me. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Well, also, like, you don't want to be like, hey, I just want to hang out, so I'm going to see you a couple times. Yeah, I just want to drag your name through the mud as much as I can, Jerry. I want to try and ruin your reputation as much as I can. <laughs> I just want to take all of your money and leave you in a ditch, Jerry, but I just want to be part of the family. I just <laughs> want the money that's, the of it. that's a good point. You can't have it both ways. No. If you want the family, she are wants you the done? money. She wants a connection. She probably wants a job with the Cowboys. She just wants, I get it. You want to get hooked up because it's bloodline, but do you think she was the one who, you nothing no more. Do you 26. think she was the one who ran into Jerry? Over there on Harry Hines. <laughs> Do you think that was her saying, ah, I finally got it. <laughs> no, that's her. No, she not. She ain't in the wheel yet. You can't <laughs> oh, be hurting, true. Jerry. You ain't that's in the true. wheel. That's right. You got to get into the wheel. Oh, this is trying to get in the wheel. Yeah. I think this is always like, listen, Jerry. Oh, that's a big one. Jerry, do whatever you want. Can you just Good leave point. me a little something in the wheel? Good point. That's what I want. That's where we're at now. And this is how much is Jerry worth? $13 billion? He's worth a lot. Jerry. Yeah. Give this, give your love child a million dollars and say, would you sign this? I'll tell you a million dollars. She was a White House aide, I think, at one point. Yep. She just don't want to. She already seen scandal. She don't exactly. She don't want to worry about money yeah. for a while. Give yeah. give the girl a million dollars. It won't hurt you, Jerry. Man, that's thing, a great point. The only thing that maybe holding this up is Jerry's kids, who also that's their money. They thinking, hey, that's my money. Eleven uh, eleven billion. Eleven billion. So, but he's got a lot of kids and grandkids who are like, that's my money. By the way, Jerry, don't be giving her my money. That's, that's all out of So the family don't want him to give away the money because they think that's their money. And I guarantee you, Mama, she do not she don't want to see this love child around the family get togethers and stuff either. Yep. She don't want to be reminded of that. That's right. So Jerry, you should have paid for her just to go away. This is on Jerry. This is that's on Jerry. Great. Jerry should have said, Oh no, nah, what you want? What you want? What, you what? want a job? You want what you want? You want anything within reason? I want to be able it. to use the plane anytime. I want to use you the helicopter. It. You got it. Yeah. Once a, we'll give you once a year. How about that? One you get one weekend with the PJ. Good for you. <laughs> you want to be on the yacht? Okay. How about this? We'll bring you up for one weekend on the yacht. We'll ride in contract. One yacht weekend. One PJ weekend yep. for you. And we're gonna give you a million dollars. Will you shut the now, now will you shut up, up now? Me. Yeah, that's all it'll take. Yep. And did you want me to publicly acknowledge you? Just go out and say, hey, you know what? When I was young, I did some things that, you know, right now I probably wouldn't do at my uh, uh my senior age with all the wisdom I have. And don't acknowledge it, but don't don't dishonor either. Yep. There you go. Yep. That's Ooh, a good point. What's taking so long? We, we, you know what's taking so long. Court. Well, why are you in court, Jerry? We, hey. You got you got thirteen billion dollars. That solves a lot of problems, especially problems with baby mamas <laughs> and love childs. The biggest issue with baby mamas is money. 
Uh, you got a baby mama that you gave her money and she shut up. Now the daughter wants money. Give her money and shut her up. Me and Mrs. Jones, that's what somebody said, right? <laughs> <laughs> that is true. Uh, yeah, she definitely wants to be down with the family. Yeah. And does she have kids? Does she have a child? I don't know. Because that. that's big too. Because she probably wants her kid to have family access. That's a great that, point. If I, if I was her, I'd be like, I want my kid to have family access. That's it. I want my kid to be a part of the family. I don't need to be a part of the family. My kid, she, and she was part of a, 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 a reality show. Oh, Remember, she, she oh, was part right. of the reality show. Damn, she has been getting around. Right. She was a White House aide and a reality TV show. Right. Good Lord, this woman gets around. Did she, she hang busy. out with your boy Norgram? She's been busy. Yeah, yeah <laughs> up in Dallas area, most eligible. Oh, man. All yeah. right. Enough for talking about Jerry Jones' uh, love child. We'll come back. We'll get into Rodney Terry's introductory press conference. We'll play some bits of uh, audio from the head coach. And we'll also talk about Texas baseball. Big game tonight. All of that and more right here on Ball Don't Lie. Wonderful Nine Horn.